Welcome to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay, fitting it all together to make inquiry-based learning accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Tonight, I want to talk about how to set up your home teaching space because the reality is is that I think we're going to be doing this remote teaching thing for just a little bit longer. So we want to think very carefully about how we use our space. We want to look at a few factors. We want to look at the tech that we've got. We want to look at the space we have to use. And we also want to look at how we are going to facilitate live teaching. Now this covers across an entire spectrum of what we are able to do, from the work with what you have to the you're a pro. And we're gonna look at how you can still have the equipment that you need regardless of where you are on the readiness scale of where you are going to be setting up your own home classroom. So thank you so much for joining me. My name is Patty. I am the teacher behind Madly Learning. And every single Monday night, we have a brand new video that comes to you that is all about teaching and learning in the junior grades here in Canada. And we are so excited to be able to support you and offer you some time-saving tips that will help you to do your job a lot easier and more effectively. So let's get started. Okay, if you're teaching from home, let's talk about how we are going to set ourselves up for success. Mm -hmm. Now, regardless of what it is you're working with, there are solutions and there are things that you can do that can set you up for the kind of success that you are going to need to be a synchronous teacher. Right now here in Ontario specifically, we are required to teach 225 minutes of synchronous instruction. So because we are live and in color most of the day, it's important to think about the space in which we are teaching and set that up so that we can feel comfortable and be successful because this seems like we're gonna be here for at least a couple of more weeks. So I want you to think along this matrix here. It doesn't actually matter at all where you sit on this matrix. It depends on what you have access to and what you're comfortable with using. I am not going to encourage you to go out and spend a fortune on equipment. I actually don't think you should do that unless you have a purpose for what it is that you need to have this type of equipment at home, then I would avoid it. For, for the most part, I wanna show you all the way from the work with what you've got, the DIYer, as well as the Studio Classroom Pro. And we're going to look at these three different categories of the things that you essentially need to be ready as a remote teacher. Number one, we need to talk about your tech setup. What equipment, hardware, and software do you have? And how can you use free things or DIY some solutions or find things that are around the house that you can repurpose for your at-home classroom? How can we repurpose those tools and look at your tech setup specifically. Then we're also going to look at your space. Now, 
Your space is going to be dependent on kind of what your situation is and what you're dealing with. But there's a variety of different ways that you can set up your space so that you can respect your privacy and also have a space that feels a little bit more classroom-y. And when we can design the space around us so that it works for this remote classroom, then the teaching will feel just that much less of a burden because we feel more comfortable in the space that we're in. And finally, because we're teaching live, we need some way to be able to conduct modeled and shared and even guided type instruction for our students. So we're going to look at how you can create that demo type of space using a variety of tools, regardless of where you happen to be on the continuum from the I'm just going to make it work to the teaching in a studio pro. First up, let's look at the make do with what you have. If this is all you have, this is my school board provided iPad, and this is what I am provided. It is quite the old iPad, um, and it barely is able to function the video that we can do. So I have to taper my expectations if this is all I had. Now, I have chosen to use some of my own equipment for my own personal satisfaction so that it makes my life a little bit easier. However, I will say that I will be requesting um, better technology because this is not quite adequate for what it is we're expected to do. So my first tip is really look at the equipment that you've been provided and ask yourself if it's adequate. If it's not adequate, advocate for yourself. Ask your administration, your union to go to bat for you, but ask to make sure that you as a classroom teacher have adequate equipment. We use in my board MS Teams, and this is a decent program to conduct video conferencing lessons with students, and this device does simply run MS Teams. It doesn't have some of the bells and whistles that the most updated version of MS Teams has, because this won't update to it, but I can run a live lesson with this iPad using a few other tricks and tools that can help me to kind of bridge that gap between this old technology and how I can use it for MS Teams. Now the next thing is looking at your space. And in the reality, we really have to just find a space that's going to work and we have to be comfortable with where we are. Now this is a picture that is just outside my office where I will sometimes be working if my kids are also needing a bit of support, but this is just a comfortable chair and in front of me I have a little work table with my laptop on it and then you'll notice to the side just a rolly cart that has materials and stuff in it that I might need like pencils, paper, erasers, manipulatives will go in that cart. It's also movable so I can push it off to the side and then I've thrown my document camera on top of a whiteboard there so that I can hook that up and be able to connect them. Now I do have with a dongle, these little connectors that are right here in my hands, these connectors will allow you actually to be able to connect that document camera to my iPad. Although you see my laptop there, you can use dongles which were provided by my school um, that will allow me to connect a document camera to my iPad if that's all I have. There's also the ability to connect that document camera straight into my laptop that you see sitting there on the table. But we have to look at, we might not have a dedicated office space, so finding a space that works in our house 
is good enough. Now, one of the keys that I think we should probably try to remember is that we should try to have a space in our house where the background behind us is a wall. If we can try to orientate a piece of furniture so that it's in a corner, such as my chair here, or we can move it so that our back is to the wall. What we don't want is family members running behind, distracting our students when we're talking. Even if it's a matter of you sitting at your dining room table with your back against the wall and just blocking off that section so that people can't go ahead and walk behind you during the times when you're live on camera, that's going to help reduce some of the distractions and make it feel like you have at least a zone in which you can teach without having to worry about the chaos that might be happening behind you. Another factor with why you should think about having a wall behind you is for privacy reasons. We are inviting students into our homes and we don't want to necessarily divulge many personal pieces of information. So a great way to do that is to make sure that your camera is facing you and that behind you is a wall or a space that ensures a bit of privacy for you. Now you'll notice that table, that table that my laptop is on is actually an Ikea table that is a very inexpensive buy and it's great. It moves around the entire house. The tabletop goes up and down and it pulls right in uh, to that chair. So you get in, you kind of tuck the table into you so you're kind of you're right in there. So I really do like that chair and it is versatile. We use it for lots of different things. We definitely did not buy it just for this purpose, but we've repurposed that table for uh, this type of environment. Now we can also use what we have. We can use the built-in tools. So this is where we're talking about how are we going to demo the different lessons that we're instructing our students, how we're gonna show our students something. I'm a big proponent of doing it live, not having everything prepared in slides because it's, it actually mimics what good teaching looks like in our classrooms. So I wanna do it live. So for that reason, I recommend these tools. I think they are a great way to be able to demo and model things that are happening in your classroom. The one that you can use is ones that are coming with the video software. So if you're using MS Teams, it has a built-in whiteboard. I believe Google Meet also has a whiteboard feature, or you can integrate Jamboard, which you see in the top photo here. You also have the ability to use a whiteboard.fi, which is just a standalone website whiteboard. So if you have an internet connection, which hopefully you do since you're teaching synchronously, you can just direct your web browser to whiteboard.fi and you can use their platform just like you would a whiteboard in your classroom. You'll also see here on the screen, the middle photo is actually a picture of the app Notability that is on an iPad. Notability is on my school iPad and it is a paid for by my school board app, but you can find it on the App Store as well. It is paid on the App Store, but there are some free versions or trial versions as well. GoodNotes is another one I really like. Notability will allow you to write right on your screen. So if you are using MS Teams, you can screen share, open up Notability, and write directly on your screen. You can do the same with OneNote as well, which is really versatile. All you simply need is a stylus, and this is actually a pen that has a stylus on the back end. 
So, or you can even use, if you have an Apple Pencil or a pencil that comes with the device, you can use that as well. But simply all you really need is this stylus here to be able to write on the screen of your iPad and display that through screen sharing. If you are running a laptop, you are able to connect your laptop and your iPad. If you happen to have two devices, you can connect those two together. So that is the, if you are a teacher that is just simply making do with what you have, find things around your house that you can repurpose for your space, comfortable chairs, side tables and furniture, um, things that you can use. You can also use the apps that are in accessible to your school board and a simple stylus that you can pick up even at the dollar store um, to be able to write right on your screen when you're screen sharing. Now for those teachers that are looking to like up level just a little bit, we can move up a little bit and look at the DIY teacher. And this teacher is going to approach remote learning and they want to simplify some things. They may want to see multiple things at multiple times. So the first step with this teacher is you're going to look at increasing the number of screens you have from one, two, or perhaps even more, but start with two. Now, this can simply be if you happen to have two devices. I know that there have been teachers, I have done it myself, where you will log into your live teaching platform, such as MS Team, Google Meets, or Zoom. You will log into that using two separate devices under two separate email accounts. And you will log in as two people so that you can screen share with one and you can also talk on the other. Having just simply two devices, and the one could be just your phone, if you have a smartphone that you can connect to your video platform, then you can just simply have two separate devices logged into the same meeting and you can use it interchangeably. One could be the whiteboard, the other one could be face to camera. Another suggestion I have is to remember that you have equipment in your school. Reach out to your principal. My guess is, is that they probably have old desktop computers that are kind of dinosaurs and don't really work very well. The box that actually runs the computer is probably too slow to be using. However, that monitor is gold. If the monitor is still in good working condition, see if you can snag that for your at-home learning and bring it on home with you and use that as your second screen monitor. Whether, you're, whether your primary device is a laptop or a iPad, using a secondary monitor will allow you to extend what you see. It means that you could have two different applications open at the same time. You can have your video chat on one screen and what you're demonstrating or the screen you're sharing on the second screen. So you can have two things. So sometimes when we present on video, the video software kind of takes over our entire screen or if we want to do a presentation or a PowerPoint slide for our students, that takes our entire screen. When we have dual screens, we can have the PowerPoint presentation playing on one screen and our second screen can be operating our computer and our video chat with students. So see if you can grab an old monitor. You will need a dongle that either has a VGA or USB type port. And these are easily picked up. You could probably even convince your principal to purchase this for you because they're needed for you to connect the devices. So definitely don't buy this yourself before you've exhausted all options to get your school 
and administration to purchase these for you to connect those devices. But see if you can grab a monitor from school and hook it up so that you can have multiple screens. If you can get two monitors, do it. The more monitors, sometimes the better. But grab at least another monitor if you can from your classroom and use it with the mobile device or the primary device that you have. Now at this second level two, we are probably looking at having this dedicated workspace that we don't have to roll away and roll back in every single time. So if you're using your kitchen table, you would have to put that all away at the end of the day and then set it back up in the morning. There is an advantage to seeing if you can have a dedicated workspace, even if it happens to be in a shared part of your house. So you'll see in the image here on the screen that you've got dad and kids all working in the same space. And that can be accomplished, but you are going to need headphones. And I would recommend either getting headphones with the mic attachment on it or getting a separate microphone. Now, again, you can ask your school to purchase these for you, or you can get your microphone. Um, you can get your microphone separately because there are other uses to these as well. But the reason you want the headphones is number one, so you can hear, but by having a mic, if you're in a shared space, it's less problematic when it picks up all of the ambient noise. So it's going to focus more on your vocalizations, which means that when you're talking, even if there happens to be some background noise, it won't be quite as distracting if you're just using the general mic, say, in your iPad. You can connect your microphone. Again, you can connect microphones to iPads using one of these dongles as well. Now, the other factor is that you need to look for ways that you can write for your students. Now, sometimes we want to use the technology tools such as apps on our iPads, or we want to use the, some, like the whiteboard or Jamboard from Google. We wanna use the digital tools to write on. Sometimes though, we are looking for a low tech DIY solution. So if you have a few pieces lying around at home, these are uh, what you see on the screen are pieces that I've had at home or have been able to pick up from the dollar store and repurpose for other uses. So you'll notice that I have a DIY document camera here. It is one of those file boxes that I actually emptied out of uh, filing papers to repurpose for this and put the filing papers just in a box that didn't have the holes. I really like these boxes because there are the holes, which means it lets light in so it doesn't make the paper super dark when you're writing on it. And it also means that you're not balancing that iPad precariously on the top because the camera can just simply sit where there happens to be a hole in the box, which is why I really like these as a DIY document camera. You're sitting it up there and then underneath I simply just have a clipboard and a white piece of paper on top. You can also laminate paper and put it on there so that you can use the paper as a whiteboard as well. I had some colored paper that I laminated for that purpose, but this is a great way to just use what you have and create a whiteboard. Now another strategy too is sometimes if you have that wall behind you, you wanna be able to stand up and write on something. And you probably don't have a whiteboard or a bulletin board in your home that you can repurpose for a classroom display. However, you can make your own whiteboard. Now this is a poster paper from the dollar store as well as some MacTac. 
You simply lie the poster paper on the floor, cover it with the plastic MacTac, and there you have a DIY whiteboard. Now, the longevity of this is probably not the greatest. It might last a week or two, but because it's pretty cost efficient, I think it costs maybe $3 to make this DIY whiteboard, you can cover it and then get rid of it when you're done with it, give it to your kids to play with if they want, and you're just sticky tacking that to your wall. And therefore you have then behind you, as you're teaching, you would have a whiteboard that you could simply stand up and write on as you are teaching and modeling for your students. And the same can be also done if you want to go to your school and grab some chart paper. That is another DIY hack that I think is brilliant, is going to, not really DIY, but it's just going to your school and grabbing the things that you need. But going and grabbing a pack of chart paper and then going and getting some 3M hooks and hanging that chart paper on your wall. This is going to be able to just create a DIY chart stand in your house that when this remote teaching chaos is over, you simply remove the 3M hooks and you're ready to go. But you've got some chart paper and the only cost that it came to you was the 3M hooks that you had to purchase, which you might actually already have lying around your house anyways. Now, if we want to go super high tech, I did want to share with you um, kind of my setup here. Now, remember, this is a setup that I have not done specifically for remote teaching. I have in my office essentially a studio space that allows me to make, make that allows me to make these videos each and every week. But I did want to share for those of you that might have some high-tech gadgetry that you can beg, borrow, and steal from other members of your family, and you can set it up in a bit more high-tech. I actually run on a day-to-day -day basis, I run a three-monitor system. I have my main laptop and two external monitors. These are relatively new. I've just upgraded these. Previous to this, though, I actually had monitors that I purchased from Value Village for about $4.99 each. And those monitors were a great and easy investment that I was able to have multiple monitors and hook them all up through all of the Amazon dongles that I had purchased to be able to connect everything together. And the three monitors are great. I have my email up on one. I have students' work displayed on the other as I'm watching them work on their Google Docs. And then I have the video on my main screen here. I love working with three monitors. I've just begun doing it, but I would say if you can get your hands on multiple monitors, I would definitely go for it. Now, this is my dedicated workspace. Um, we've finally been able to put up walls for this workspace. However, my doors are never closed during home learning because I've got three kids and they're constantly running in and out of my workspace. I will often have my kids working in various parts of my office while I'm also working. I do have almost a T-shaped desk. So these are all just pieces that I've picked up over the years from Ikea. Loving the little drawer cabinets there. That's the Alex drawer from Ikea. And um, I think it's the LAC table that I have. I have three different tables. And kids can sit all around that peninsula while I'm working. They can come in. They can work on my recording studio section. Uh, where all my camera equipment is, they can go and work on that section too to do their classes. But there's plenty of space in here for me to work as well as for my kids to come in and work and ask questions and do things like that without necessarily interrupting, say, what's happening on video. 
Now, I do have a bulletin board space. You've seen it every single week. It sits behind me here on the wall. Now, this is a DIY bulletin board, believe it or not. I made it myself out of MDF and cork board that I picked up at the hardware store. And I got the white one by two and I got a sheet of MDF. I covered it with cork and spray glued the cork on. And then I covered the edge with that white board around the outside and then simply put a sheet, an old black sheet that we had covered it. So it's fabric that's up there on the board. And then it's not even pretty behind that borders and then covered it with the borders. So it is a DIY bulletin board that I have put behind me. And when I want to switch out some of the content, I wanna show you what I'm able to do by easily switching out the content. And I specifically made the board this size so that I could do this. So this is a trifold board. And when I want to put this up, I can simply position this board. So it sits on my bulletin board and I can very quickly change out what's up on my board and remove it when I'm ready. So if you are say a prep coverage teacher or you're covering a lot of different classes and you only have one board but you wanna switch it for every subject, you can use those trifold boards and simply just rotate which trifold board is up on either the bulletin board or even just simply on your wall. And if you can rotate those through, then it allows you to have a bit more of a flexible space. You don't need 18 different bulletin boards. You can simply just swap out the trifold board on the space behind you as you need it. So I hope I've given you some ideas today about how you can set up your space to feel more comfortable as a remote teacher. If we're going to be doing this for a couple more weeks and we are going to be live and on camera for more often than maybe we expected, definitely more often than we were in the spring, then we, there's some things that we can do to make our space a little bit more comfortable. We can look at how we've set up our tech, our space, and our demo area. And we can do anything from making it work to going full-fledged classroom studio. My recommendation is to do what you can and to not try to spend a ton of your extra money. See if you can repurpose the stuff that you have in your house or very small purchases, say from Dollarama, or getting your school or your, your school and administration parent council to spend some of those funds to help supplement what you need for your home classroom. These are especially important if we can justify why those expenditures can also benefit our students when we're back in our face-to-face -face classroom. So I hope I've given you some great ideas about how you can set up your home classroom. Happy teaching! Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Inquiry Live podcast replay. You can find the links, resources, and more information from today's episode at www.teachingwithinquiry.com. Don't forget, you can always catch this show live on Facebook every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Madly Learning Facebook page. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Inquiry Live.